and welcome to the Luke Miller Podcast. I'm glad that you are able to join me today. On this week's episode, we're starting a new series called Here Comes Heaven as we take a look at Advent and start that Christmas season and take a deeper look into the different aspects of hope, love, joy, and peace, especially as they're revolving around the Christmas season as we are propelled forward uh, to Easter. And so I'm excited for today. I hope you are too. Let's grab our Bibles and let's dive in. Today we're talking about hope and Hope is something that seems so dynamic in our world, depending on who you talk to. And when I say dynamic, I'm really saying that everybody's got a different version of what they view hope to be. Um, and, and I believe, too, that even as Christ followers, we find ourselves with different definitions of hope. Or maybe the better way to saying is different ways in which we think hope will reveal itself to us. Uh, We know that Jesus is coming again, right? And we hope for his return and and that it'll be soon. However, uh, as Christ followers, we also hope that that Jesus will intervene in different areas of our life as well, Uh, whether it is with sickness and healing, whether it is finances, whether it is with a job or help, whether it's with relationships. We, We hope for maybe something different. And and I think that's kind of the, the challenge that we're going to see today as we take a look at a few passages revolving around hope and Christmas is that that as Christ followers, our hope is really that, that, that Jesus would intervene, uh, that we hope that God would, would intervene in different areas of our life while we also focus further in, in the future. We'll see as we take a look today at Jeremiah chapter 33 and Luke chapter 1, uh, two different ways in which hope is viewed. Hope, actually, we'll see three, where, where hope is that the hope of past promises coming to fruition, you know, God's promises uh, coming coming true. Then there is that present hope that we have where Jesus would intervene in different areas in our life. And and finally, there's that future hope of knowing that God is coming again and hoping that he'll he'll come again soon. Uh, and so we'll we'll parse that a bit today, and and I hope you are, are are ready for this as as we dive into kind of a few different passages. As we take a look at hope, um, we we're reminded that that uh, of the hope God gave His people when He promised to send them the Messiah, uh, of the Savior, uh, a Deliverer. Uh, hope reminds us in many ways that prophecies were fulfilled in the birth of Jesus Christ uh, and and gives us hope knowing that past promises of God will be fulfilled. And, and when all the promises that were initially fulfilled at his birth will be completely fulfilled at his return. Uh, and some people, I think, it, I, I know we know this, and you may be one of them too. Uh, we fit into these generally two categories. Some people are by nature optimistic. It's their natural temperament. Others are, by the same token, pessimistic. Uh, you often get what you expect. Uh, and and I want to take a look at genuine hope can never be based on our subjective outlook, your particular temperament. 
and and hope, in fact, is more of a static thing than a dynamic and ever changing for the person. Uh, depending on our circumstances, yes, it may change. Uh, the person whose hope has no real basis uh, other than general optimistic spirit is clutching uh, a hope that in many ways is deaf, dumb, and, and blind. It, it's not really there. The only valid hope is is Christian hope. Now, I mentioned uh, all of this because it highlights the fact that that Christianity is a religion of hope. It's a faith that looks down the road to the future, to a time when God's promises will be fulfilled. Uh, and that was true for God's people back in the Old Testament days as they looked forward to the birth of the promised Messiah. So again, we see that that hope is, and you'll hear me say this a few times today, that hope is those past promises of God coming true. It is the present hope that God will intervene in different areas in our lives. But it is really the future hope that Jesus is coming again. Uh, and and it was true that for Mary and Joseph, as they looked down the road at their newborn son, knowing that the time for the fulfillment of God's promises had finally come. Uh, and it's true for us today as we look forward to the return of Christ. Our, our faith is a, a future-focused faith in, in so many ways. A religion of, of what is to come, a religion of, of hope. Now, I could end there if it weren't for one thing. Now, hope is not automatic. In fact, I'm sure you can understand that sometimes hope is very difficult. How do we sustain hope in the midst of disappointment? How do we sustain hope in the midst of difficulty? How do we keep from being completely overwhelmed by trials or pain that may be happening in our lives? How do we maintain an attitude of hope when everything seems to crush us? Uh, and, and, and we deal with that often. And we've all faced situations where there seems to be a little objective reason for hope. Little reason to be optimistic in our jobs, in our marriages, in our relationships with family members, uh, we could all say that this has happened sometimes. And some of us have faced seemingly hopeless medical or financial problems. Uh, and, and some of us right now are in situations that may seem hopeless. So you're tempted to, to give up hope. How do we hold on to hope during those times when our circumstances seem seem hopeless? In and let's dive into a few passages here as we go through this, because uh, I think it's important for us to take a look at both the Old Testament and New Testament hope. And I want to start in Jeremiah chapter 33, and we're just looking at three short verses here, 14, 15, and 16. And this is this past promise of hope, uh, and uh, where, where God is making a promise, yet we also see that this promise is coming to fruition uh, at the birth of Jesus. Now, Again, one of the key things that we look at in, uh, especially in this podcast, is that wonderful German word, the Seitzenleben, which is saying, how do the, we see, read this first in the original context. So you have to understand it's the time of Jeremiah. Uh, the, uh, the people are in, in exile. It is not a great time in, in Israel's history. However, um, now that message is being delivered, and it says, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the good promise I made to the people of Israel and Judah. 
which is in those days, and at that time, I will make a righteous branch sprout out of David's line. He will do what is just and right in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name by which it will be called, the Lord, our righteous Savior. Now, you have to understand that it seemed like both Israel and Judah were living. I don't even want to say it seemed. It was, in fact, Israel and Judah were living in a very dark time in their history. Exile had happened. They were being oppressed. And it seemed like there was no hope. There was no reason for optimism. Uh, and and really, as we say, like optimism, pes- pessimism is, is something totally separate from hope. Uh, you you have to be able to, to separate that. Um, because it doesn't matter how you looked at the situation, it was a dark time. Uh, and it, it would seem that it was hopeless. Yet out of this darkness comes this message of light. The days are coming when I will fulfill a good promise, the good promise I have made to the people of Israel and Judah. Now, you have to understand how that must have been such a great message for the people to hear in in that dark time, uh, a message of that Messiah. Now, we know that Jesus didn't come for quite a while, but that did not slow down or stop that hope, that static hope of uh, knowing that God has promised something and therefore it was going to happen. Now, uh, I want to take a tiny little uh, rabbit trail here, if you will indulge me, uh, is, is that... Uh, one of the neat things about prophets is the way the and the language that they use and how they use it. So often in our language, we think of three different tenses, the past, the present, and the future. Um, the prophets, and, and the way Hebrew works as well, uh, is it not only talks about a past, a present, and a future, but it also adds in a second component, which says, is this an incompleted action or is this a complete? Or is this a completed action? You know, has this happened yet or has this not happened yet? And and you can do that in the past, the present, and the future. But one of the things that I love about the prophets is that when God promises them something and they deliver that message to the people of Israel, they speak in a tense that is a future tense. However, they speak as though it is a completed action. They know for certain that this is going to happen. So they, instead of saying, in the future, when God does this, uh, they speak as though God has already completed it. Even though it's in the future, they know it's going to happen because it is a promise of God. Now, I think we can say that's probably a good lesson for us to learn as we go through our own trials and our own lessons in, in hopelessness, as God refines us in many ways when we're looking for hope. But even notice how the words in verse 14 of, of Jeremiah 33 say, when I will fulfill the good promise. You know, and it, it's spoken with absolute, it's going to happen. Um, and it's spoken in to a people who are, have not seen a lot of good days. Now, I, I hope that this translates a little bit to us, uh, or a lot of it translates to us in in our, our current context right now, where we may be looking for hope in some way, yet we know that we can rely on God's promises. As we read God's word, in, and even as I spoke about uh, on 
this past Sunday. If you didn't catch it, that's that's all right. I'm I'm in no way offended. I'll, I'll give a quick summary here, though. Is 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 when we look at hope in our lives and and we wrestle with with hope in our lives. How are we able to uh, respond in a, a Christ-like way? Uh, and 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 what we find here as we go through this uh, is that one of those ways which we we can get that hope is to spend time in Scripture and what everything that was written in the past was written for our own benefit to help us learn to help us be encouraged uh, to help us with endurance Scripture says and so when we look at this we see that this was hope to a people in a dark time how will that affect us right now in our context you may be in a place where you're in where where hope does not seem like a bright shining light in, in front of you and and the challenge for us in our walk with Christ is to say, are we approaching the promises God has made us, whether it be comfort, whether it be walking alongside us to give us peace, um, whatever they may be, are we taking that as this will happen? And we are positive. We're, we treat it almost like a completed action, like the prophets did, because we know God will not go back on his promises. God will not go back on his covenant. Uh, and and so I think I I know that we see this right. So they, there's that first thing of dealing with hopelessness is that yes, you got to put your hope in God to trust Him for the help. And and that may seem obvious, but but too often we're willing to seek help from anyone or anything before we turn to God. Uh, it's kind of that last resort in many ways. If this the if the problem is financial, we don't look to God first. We we look to a banker or a, a relative, maybe. If the problem is relational, a conflict with a spouse or a family member, we buy books uh, and scour magazine articles or listen to Oprah or Doctor Phil or whoever Doctor Laura. I don't know whoever people listen to. Uh, and then finally, maybe people maybe we turn to God for help. We need to reverse that, and and that's a challenge of recognizing that hope is static. Hope is not ever-changing in our lives. Uh, We will try everything we can think of, and if nothing else works, then we think of praying, you know, calling out to God. It's really gone backwards. We should go to God first, not last. Uh, And I believe the Bible expresses one thing we need to hear very clearly again. We can have hope in the midst of life's life circumstances because the one that we have hope in is greater than the sum of all of life's circumstances. Let, let me say that again because I it's very important and, and I, I hopefully it gives paints a very good picture. We can have hope in the midst of life circumstances. Because the one that we have hope in is greater than the sum total of all of life's circumstances. He is greater than. Uh, And if our hope is built, uh, as we sing, on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness, as that great hymn goes, then we have a great hope. If our hope is built on only Jesus' blood and righteousness, we have much to hope on. We have a great God to hope on. It's why we sing about Emmanuel at Christmas, God with us. He was uh, with, I mean, he was with us 2,000 years ago, and he is with us now in this present moment. We have a God who cared enough to dwell with us. 
And in, in when, when Jesus came as a baby in a manger in Bethlehem, uh, he came to a cold, desolate world that had no hope. Uh, it had been about 400 years between Malachi and Matthew. God had not been heard of, heard from in 400 years. At least in the Old Testament, he had burning bushes. He spoke in gentle whispers. He spoke uh, in big shouts through the prophets. But, but 400 years of silence had led to a loss of hope. Uh, and, and if you think about it, it's entirely appropriate for Jesus, who is the hope of the world, to have come in the form of an infant. Because in many ways, babies are hope personified. They are uh, pure potential. They, their lives are all in the future. Uh, and and if you've had kids, I'm sure you can understand that. I remember when Ari was born and Levy was born. All of a sudden, there's this new life so full of potential uh, that they can grow up to anything and anything is possible. The hope of the world came wrapped in swaddling clothes uh, of the one who had placed in the man placed the manger in Bethlehem uh, from God. But Mary had even more than the unusual or the more than the usual maternal pride to justify having great hope in her son. Because remember, Gabriel had visited her and given her a promise as well, given her hope. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Wow, you talk about a promise. I mean, this is this promise to Mary is just uh, is also a, a prophecy that's echoed of Messiah. Seven centuries earlier, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Um, Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne, uh, reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And that's Isaiah chapter 9. In other words, to translate this all and bring this back home, when Jesus was born, God made it clear that this baby was the one for whom the world had been waiting for, had been watching for, who had been hoping for. Uh, That the joy that filled Mary and Joseph's hearts as they looked down on their son wrapped in blankets, lying in an ordinary manger filled with straw, knowing what hope that this child would bring to so many. Uh, and and whom the promises of God, uh, and and the promises of God would be um, fulfilled, and, and had been fulfilled through. And the two words, kind of as we start to to wrap this up, and I realize that I'll I'll have to wrap this up at some point. Two words used in the New Te- New Testament that are translated as hope in English. One has to do with trust, usually a person. But the one used most in the New Testament has to do with expectation and anticipation. And that's always related to God. Uh, The most uh, obvious illustration that comes to mind during the season is, is that excitement of that uh, of kids on on Christmas Eve, <laughs> right? Um, and and what what may be next? But 
but that is mm, that's only part of it. The other hope that we're talking about of expectation uh, and anticipation is what we see as as Christ followers. Um, This sort of hope that I'm talking about today is not a yearning for something uncertain, like what's under the Christmas tree. I don't know what presents I may get. It's something that is a confident anticipation and expectation that we know will happen. Hope, and, and let me say this very clearly, hope is based in fact that God loves you. Hope is based in firm conviction that God cares for you. And hope is based on in final assurance that God wants to be with you. It's why he's coming again. It's why as Christ followers, we will live in eternity singing God's praises. We can't make it through life without hope. We can live 40 days without food, eight days without water, four minutes maybe (laughs) uh, without air, uh, but only a few seconds without hope. Hope is the greatest asset in our life. And and the question is, is where is our hope today? Is it wrapped up in expectations of a gift under a tree? Or is it made up of certainty and anticipation of what will God do for your life? To live with Christ is to live with hope. And I hope that all of you that are listening are able to claim that living hope that God made possible by sending his son, Jesus. I think that is a great place uh, for us to to stop today uh, and understand that we can be assured that whatever our circumstances, God is with us. He will be with you at the beginning and at the end in every point uh, in between. And and so uh, I hope that has been a, a good picture into to hope for for where we are. Uh, and and what we understand. And, and I'll leave us with uh, that spot where uh, where we can can move on to, to next week and, and really look at this. Where I, I'll, I'll reiterate that statement that I had said a little earlier because I think it's a great sending off point. We can have hope in the midst of life circumstances because the one that we have hope in is greater than the sum of of all of life's circumstances put together. If that is not a great way to send us off, I don't know what is. So I will leave it there and I will say, take care, have a great week, and I will talk to you next week as we dive deeper into our series, Here Comes Heaven. Talk to you next week. Thank you for joining us on the Luke Miller Podcast, part of Sunrise Digital Ministries at Sunrise Community Church in Fair Oaks, California. If you're wanting to know more about our digital ministries, you can download our app at the Google Play Store or the Apple Store, where you'll find Backshed Bible Study, Sunday Sermons, and the Luke Miller Podcast. If you've got questions about who Jesus is or what it means to be a Christ follower, we would love to connect with you. And you can send us a note at www.sunrise.church welcome, and we'll get you connected. Thanks again for joining us. Take care.